Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in on October 24th, 2021. We had another fantastic day of college football. Uh, I am very happy to be here as I've been a little sick over the past week. So I'm excited about uh, being up and being back to getting close to being a human being. And uh, we're going to break down everything that went down in the world of college football yesterday. Uh, a couple of games on Thursday and Friday. In fact, Coastal Carolina, who's had a tremendous run the past few years, did go down uh, to Appalachian State by a field goal. So that, that happened uh, before Saturday. And then yesterday, uh, we'll go ahead and get into it and start breaking down what happened on Saturday. Um, first game that, that I want to touch on is the – Big 12 action. I got to be honest, didn't think that the Oklahoma Sooners were going to struggle and have problems with the Kansas Jayhawks. I, I did not anticipate that. I thought since they made the move at quarterback and decided to go with Williams, that, that the offense would continue to improve and keep on uh, progressing. But it looked to me like uh, they regressed and took a step backwards. Now, it's a good thing that Caleb Williams was the quarterback because without him, they never would have won this game. However, I'm still very concerned about Boomer Sooner. And they just keep winning. However, it's not it's not really pretty. And, and they did get the victory yesterday, 35 to 23. However, you know, they were down for a, a big, big portion of this game. In fact, at the end of the third quarter, Kansas was up 17-14 and had most of the momentum. So, you know, there, there's no doubt that this could have turned into an ugly, ugly victory uh, or ugly defeat in a victory for Kansas had they been able to hold on. And, and to be honest, there was kind of some questionable calls at the end. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you know, last week's game of Tennessee versus Ole Miss, you had the play where Corral got stopped. Tyler Barron took the ball out of his hands, ran it for a touchdown. The officials brought it back, said that there was a, um, you know, stop in momentum. Forward progress had stopped and, um, you know, took the touchdown off the board. And then yesterday, you had Kennedy Brooks, the running back for Oklahoma, clearly have his forward progress stopped. And a heads-up play, Caleb Williams took the ball out of his hands and just said, ah, I'm going to go for it myself and, and ran for the first down on on a, uh, a very crucial uh, third down play. So I think actually I think it was a fourth down play. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong out there, but I believe it was a fourth down play. And uh, that, that could have spelled uh, victory for for the Kansas Jayhawks. And so, you know, I had a little question about that call, but you know, they, they ended up still getting the victory, but I'm, I'm questioning whether or not Oklahoma is a top four team. I, I, I just don't know whether I could put them in my top four, I guess now with the way that college football has gone and with the way teams keep beating up on each other due to the fact that they're undefeated, you, you have to still include them in the top three, but I don't know, man. I, they, they struggled against Tulane in, in week one or two. They've struggled um, throughout the season. 
and yesterday was was no different. So we'll see what happens moving forward with them. I, I think they made the right choice. I think Caleb Williams is their best option at quarterback. What does that mean for Spencer Rattler? I don't know. Does he transfer? Does he try and put himself into the draft? Uh, that's something that we'll have to have to find out. But Caleb Williams is their their best player. Uh, he is their you know best option at quarterback, and he's the reason they won. Another game that we're going to have to talk about as well today, and that I'm very happy to discuss, is the Pittsburgh Panthers taking down Dabo and the Clemson Tigers, 27-17. Clemson scored a touchdown late to make this game appear a little closer than it was. However, it was not this close. And the offensive struggles for the Clemson Tigers continue. Got to be honest, after watching this team play last year, I did not really expect them to have such difficulty on offense. I mean, it, it was a struggle every time they went out there on offense yesterday. DJ Ugalele was at one point pulled. He threw a shovel pass uh, to, a, to the other team, uh, became a pick six, I believe, and uh, had, had another interception as well. So he did not look good. And Clemson as a whole has, has struggled on offense all season long, as I mentioned. And after the game, you know, Dabo was asked, what what happens now? Um, he, he went back after he took DJ Ulele out of the game. He did go back and put him back in after it went, you know, they went down 27-10. They put DJU back in the game. He let him down for a touchdown to make it 27-17. And then uh, Pittsburgh was able to run the clock out. And after the game, uh, Dabo went into detail about how no one's job is safe. He, he did take a lot of the blame for the loss upon himself. He said that it all, you know, starts and ends with me. I'm the head coach. And, you know, if, if there's a loss to be had by this football program, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for it. And, um, you know, that's true, I guess, but they've got to figure some things out. I mean, you know, I, I remember, last year when Dabo was rating the Buckeyes 11th. Heck, I'm not sure if Clemson's 11th in the ACC at this point. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, uh, this is, this team is a far cry from what we've seen in the past. I mean, they, they could have, could have gone down to Boston college. They, they could have easily lost to Syracuse last week. Um, this is not the same dominant Clemson team we've grown accustomed uh, to watching play over the last four, five, six years. And uh, it doesn't look like the ship is going to get righted at any time soon, at least not this year. Um, you know, they've, they've got a lot of talented players. They've got a lot of recruits already coming in for next year. So I think at some point they will be back. But as far as this year goes, it, it's, it's not looking good. And I wish I could sit here and explain to you the regression of DJ Ugalele, but I can't. I can't really tell you what happened uh, between last year and this year that's caused his play uh, to go backwards. Now, I can tell you that the offensive line 
has not been the same as it was last year. Uh, they were a dominant force. They were able to, to run over people. Uh, he was able to sit back in the pocket and take his time and find the open receiver, whereas this year there has not been uh, that type of uh, that type of time available to him. So, you know, that's one factor. I also think that there's just not as many playmakers. Justin Ross is not the same guy that he once was, in my opinion. Um, you know, Amari Rogers is gone. Cordell Powell is gone. And some of these young guys just haven't really taken over those roles as a dominant playmaker. And so you get what you get when you, uh, you know, lose people like that. And this is something that we've talked about on this show. Rico and I have gone over numerous times how, you know, some of these teams lost a lot of folks to the NFL. We're talking about Alabama. We're talking about Clemson. We're talking about Ohio State. And some of these other teams were able to bring guys back, like Pittsburgh, for example, uh, basically returned their entire team from last year due to the COVID free year, as it is. Um, and that, that's, made them, that's made them a better team. And it's, it's made these teams have the ability to compete and narrow the gap uh, between Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama and some of these other teams. The gap is not as wide. And I think that's why you're seeing some of the parity uh, that, that's, that's existing. But, you know, kudos to Pat Narduzzi, the head coach at Pittsburgh. Kudos to Cody Pickett, the quarterback at Pittsburgh. He had a tremendous game, uh, 25 of 39, 302 yards and two touchdowns. And basically just played steady, solid football all day long. Was able to, you know, possess the ball run the clock out when they had to and keep uh, keep Clemson off the field when they once they got a lead and, and were able to maintain uh, the victory. So congratulations to Pittsburgh. This is a team that we saw here in Knoxville earlier this year in a, in a shootout of sorts. And they've, they've continued to play well ever since their defeat versus Western Michigan, who's also a pretty good team, honestly. Uh, but ever since they lost to Western Michigan, Pittsburgh, that is, they've, they've continued to play pretty good football. Now, we uh, we had the retiring of Eli Manning, number 10 jersey yesterday, uh, down, on, uh, down in Oxford, Mississippi. And uh, pretty cool, honestly, to have your jersey number retired right next to your dad's jersey. Uh, pretty cool also that there's only three Jersey numbers retired in all of Old Miss history. Chucky Mullins, um, Archie, Man Archie Manning, and also Eli Manning. The only three numbers ever to be retired in Old Miss football history. Pretty cool. And um, Eli's a really good guy. I'm really happy for him. And he seemed to uh, enjoy uh, getting getting the old number retired and getting to go back uh, to the Grove down there. And uh, pretty, pretty good game also. Uh, LSU jumped out out front, was up seven to nothing, was driving, uh, had the ball at the three yard line on fourth down. And uh, Coach O, who's already been fired by LSU, I guess is playing with house money and decides to go for it on fourth and three and gets stopped. And then uh, the game pretty much turned at that point because instead of LSU being up two scores, uh, Ole Miss took it down, scored 
on that drive from the three and never looked back. And, and Matt Corral, you know, had himself another pretty, pretty good day. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's just Lane Kiffin is, is put something together down there. And, you know, the thing that the only thing that he was really lacking last year was a defense and they were able to score with everybody. They were able to put points on the board at will, but they did have difficulty stopping people. And, and this year uh, they do not. Uh, they've been able to score just the same clip that they did last season. However, this year they've been able to stop people. And uh, you got to give Co Coach Kiffin some credit for the way that he's transformed that defense, uh, the way that they've been able to uh, bring in some players. You know, they, they had some transfers come in. Uh, they had some graduate transfers join the team. Obviously, they've they've been recruiting uh, since they they took over and since that staff staff took over at Ole Miss, and you know it's it's become a team that's pretty solid all the way around. And no longer are they just winning, you know, sh shootouts fifty four to fifty one or forty nine to forty six or whatever. You know, they took care of business yesterday and held uh, LSU to seventeen points. And now, you know, LSU's missing their top wide receiver. And it's not like the offense has been tearing things up all season. They certainly have struggled at times, but uh, still a pretty good victory. And uh, still got to give credit to Ole Miss. Uh, ranked number 12, I think, will probably move up. And um, looking looking like some good things to come on this team. I mean, I... I don't know. Every time I, I'm thinking about, you know, is Ole Miss really that good? I, I watch them play again, and I, I have to say I think they are that good. I think they're a solid football team. I think this is a team that uh, can, can, you know, that can contend uh, for the SEC and uh, for the SEC West. Uh, I know they, you know, fell a little bit short against Alabama, but I, I know that uh, Coach Kiffin would love another shot at them. So we'll see what happens. Um and we'll see, you know, what what goes down next week. But I, I think that uh, Ole Miss is, is here to stay. The question is, is Coach Kiffin here to stay? I mean, this is a guy who, you know, for right or for wrong, has had trouble staying in the same location <laughs> year after year. And, and, you know, some of that has been uh, getting fired. Some of that has been, you know, on his own accord and, and jumping around. Uh, you know, he was here in Knoxville for – 10 months and the USC job came open and guess what? The USC job is open again. And so is uh, the LSU job, you know, the team that they played yesterday. I don't know if anyone was paying attention, but you know, that job is open too. So the question is, does Lane Kiffin stay, stay put? Does he remain at Ole Miss and, and continue to build upon what he's already uh, created or, you know, does he, move on and, and take a better job. I mean, let's be honest, USC, LSU traditionally have been more solid programs throughout uh, than Ole Miss. But, you know, the Ole Miss is a place that you can win, and he's proven it. And, you know, I think he can continue to win there if he stays. So we'll see if old Lane can stay put. Only thing Lane loves more than winning is, is hearing his name. So I'm sure he won't uh, put those rumors to rest. And he will definitely uh, continue to let his name be thrown out there uh, for the LSU 
coaching job as well as potentially the USC job. I personally don't think he's going to go back to USC. I don't think they're interested in bringing him back. Um, too much, too much history there. Uh, too much turmoil on the tarmac. Uh, in case anybody doesn't remember, uh, he was fired on the tarmac. Uh, coming home after a brutal defeat against Arizona State. I just don't think you can repair all those relationships um, and, and start over. But I do think he's on the candidate list for LSU. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see if Ole Miss uh, continues to play well and if if Lane continues to uh, to be their coach. But we'll, we'll see what happens. We got Joey Kent coming up 1130. He's going to join us, talk a little bit about the Tennessee-Alabama game talk a little bit about college football and where it's at. Uh, Joey, of course, is the all-time leading receiver at Tennessee Volunteer Football History, also one of the leading receivers in SEC history, one of the greatest players uh, to ever play at UT, and uh, also doing some great things now. So we'll have him talk about all of that with us at 1130. I want to talk a little Big Ten football here. Um, crazy, crazy day in the Big Ten. Um, i got to be honest, when I looked at this Penn State game, uh, <laughs> playing against Illinois, um, did not really see a potential for Penn State to go down. But, you know, Sean Clifford, I think, is not 100%. He didn't look 100%. And, um, you know, Coach Bellema had a game plan together. I don't know you know, if everybody remembers, but Coach Billima at one time was one of the greatest coaches in the Big Ten, um, if not the best coach when he was at Wisconsin. This is a guy who year in and year out um, won his side of the conference, won the Big Ten conference, went to the Rose Bowl, had his team contending for national championships, um, you know, one of the best running teams in the country every single year. And yesterday, um, yesterday kind of showed us some glimpses of that. I, I believe I, I've got to check this because I don't want to say something that's incorrect here. Um, so I want to double check my stats. But I believe that Illinois ran the ball uh, 70 times yesterday. I mean, they, they were – that's called dedication to running the football. Yes, they ran it 67 times for 357 yards. 67 carries for 357 yards for the Fighting Illini. And they beat Penn State, the seventh-ranked team in the country, in nine overtimes. Now, you know, college football was trying to get rid of some of these long uh, overtime games, and that's why they, they basically instituted the new rule that after the second overtime, you now have to go for two. However, it didn't seem to matter yesterday because no one could no one could pick up the, uh, the two-point conversion. So, um, yeah, uh, pretty nuts, pretty crazy game. Uh, Got to give, gotta give credit to Coach Billima. I mean, Penn State, I believe, still is a good football team. However, their offense is not um, – you know, not the caliber of a championship team. They're not a Big Ten championship offense. I think they've been exposed the past few weeks against Iowa. They had trouble, especially 
after Clifford went out with the injury. I didn't think he looked right all day long. Their, their offense struggled to get into rhythm and to, to find, um, you know, a purpose all around and, and they lose to Illinois. So, you know, the question is now, can Coach Billima bring Illinois back? I mean, this is a program that really hasn't had much success since Coach Ron Turner was there, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So can they get back to that? Can they get back to competing in the Big Ten? I think Coach Billima can do it. Will they give him the time to do it? I don't know. Uh, patience is not really a virtue in college football anymore. I think it's going to take him at least five or six years to be able to consistently beat teams like Penn State. Uh, but he got it done yesterday, and, and he beat Nebraska earlier this year as well. He did lose to Texas San Antonio, but you know UTSA has proven to be a pretty good team uh, throughout the rest of the year. So you know that victory does or that loss doesn't look quite as bad uh, since since it has gone down. But uh, two good victories for Illinois so far. Took out uh, Penn State, took out Nebraska, and definitely the most life we've seen out of Champaign in, in quite some time. Talking about the Buckeyes, four, they did have a week off. So essentially with the bye now, I, I don't think it's been 16 years since Ohio State has lost a game coming out of the bye. 16 years they have not lost a game coming out of the bye. And uh, Coach Ryan Day has still yet to lose a Big Ten conference game. Don't want to jinx him, but uh, that's pretty impressive. He's in year three. He's not lost a Big Ten game yet. They were playing Indiana yesterday, who we all know, Coach Allen, found some magic in a bottle last year and, and really you know played well and had Michael Penix Jr. throwing the ball and uh, leading Indiana some two improbable victories. This year, it hasn't really gone that way. Uh, Penix is down, injured, out for the rest of the season for the third time in his career. feel horrible for the guy. I, I don't think he's necessarily injury prone. I just think he's gotten some bad luck and had some, uh, you know, some bad injuries that have come his way. But, you know, this is still a good football player, and this is still a pretty good football team. But, uh, Jack Tuttle, the quarterback from California, who actually played in high school with Chris Olave, the wide receiver from Ohio State. In fact, that's how Coach Day and his staff were able to find Chris Olave. They actually went to recruit Jack Tuttle, the quarterback for Indiana, and saw Chris Olave play and were like, whoa, we got to offer this guy a scholarship right now. And the rest is history because Chris Olave is one of the greatest players in Ohio State history, one of the greatest wide receivers in college football history, and just continues to dominate week in, week out. They were able to hang on to the victory yesterday, 54-7. to seven. Um, If you look at it, they've now scored 50 points or more in three games in a row. Uh, they've essentially scored 50 points by halftime three weeks in a row and, and could have scored a hundred points against Rutgers um, against uh, Maryland and now also against Indiana. So big, big kudos to the Buckeyes and they're continuing to get better each week. It looks like to me, the defense um, struggled on the first drive, like they seem to always do. 
and then really uh, came out and dominated after that. So I think they finished with seven or eight sacks, and that's the one thing that we were kind of worried about at the beginning of the season was can they get home, can they get uh, to the quarterback and disrupt uh, the passing game of the other team, and it, it looks like they can do that. Harrison was back in the backfield all day long. Um, obviously, Haskell Garrett was in the backfield all day long. Uh, the young guys, JT Talamula, uh, Jack Sawyer, those guys are starting to really play. Gene Baptiste is starting to really contribute all the way around for the Buckeyes, and it, it looks like um, it looks like this team is is getting better and uh, on their way. One more game I want to touch on really quickly, uh, homecoming in Ames, Iowa. Iowa State, team that was ranked in the top 10 coming into the preseason, really struggled out of the gates, lost two games pretty quickly. But it started to play good football. Their quarterback, senior Brock Purdy, has gotten better as the season has gone along, has really started to come into his own. Bryce Hall, their running back, is really found his way and found his groove and has started to play a lot better football. And they were able to take down Oklahoma State yesterday. Oklahoma State was undefeated, ranked number eight in the country, uh, riding pretty high on, on their own really good running back. Uh, but they lost 24-21 uh, to Iowa State on homecoming in Ames, Iowa. So going to give uh, a lot of credit to uh, Coach, Canada, uh, Coach Campbell and his staff for you know, sticking to the plan, you know, things started to come off the rails a little bit. They lost two games. Like I said, early people were thinking maybe this, that they're falling apart a little bit. And, um, you know, they, they didn't let them fall apart. They've kept it, they kept it together and they were able to come and get a big victory yesterday and, and able to take down a really good Oklahoma state team. I think this is something we've kind of grown accustomed to seeing over the past few years in the Mike Gundy teams, they'll they'll have some good weeks. They'll look good. They'll be undefeated. They'll get ranked, and then they'll you know fall apart a little bit. So nothing new there, but uh, still a good victory. They they didn't really play a bad game. Um, it was a it was a close game, and it was a really big time game in the Big Twelve. So we'll see what continues to happen in the Big Twelve. Obviously, Oklahoma is still kind of controlling uh, that fight. And, um, you know, now with things, you know, falling apart a little bit for Oklahoma State, um, you know, it's pretty much anybody's race going forward. And, and there's a lot of teams that are still in this thing in the Big 12. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what, um, you know, what the rest of the season looks like. We'll see if the Oklahoma State Cowboys can regroup as, you know, they've still got some talented players. I mean, uh, Sanders, their quarterback, still had a really good day yesterday, 15 of 24, 225 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, their running back, Warren, was held 18 carries, 76 yards, not the best day for him. But Presley, their their number one wide receiver, still had a really good day. Um, he had six catches for 84 yards and two touchdowns. So still a team that can score some points and, and get some things done on offense. And, uh, you know, their defense played pretty well, too, yesterday. I mean, holding Iowa State to 24 should have been enough for them to win uh, if they were able to score what they're, you know, regularly putting out on the table. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, want to give a shout-out really quick, too, to Wake Forest. Uh, 
yesterday, Wake Forest now is 7-0. and And um, I think a team that a lot of people are overlooking, a team that a lot of people maybe don't um, believe in. But uh, Wake Forest is 7-0. They took out Army yesterday, 70-56. to Not a whole lot of defense in this one. Uh, but uh, I do want to give my, uh, my player of the day award out to quarterback Sam Hartman uh, from Wake Forest, 23 of 29, 458 yards and five touchdowns. So a big day for the quarterback at Wake Forest, a big day for Wake Forest. And they, they've got a chance now to win uh, the ACC. So, you know, I, I think they've got as good a chance as anybody, and we're going to see if they can get it done. But they have uh, played well so far. They're 7-0. And uh, a good victory against a good Army team yesterday. And uh, Army's defense apparently failed to show up on the bus. Uh, but they did put up 56 points offense. So we'll give them, uh, we'll give them some credit. Uh, we look like we've got Mr. Joey Kent joining us right now. I'm going to bring him in. Joey. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Joey. You hear me okay? I, I hear you fine. How are you? I'm doing really good, sir. Uh, wanted to get right into it with you and talk a little bit about uh, the ball game yesterday. I didn't know if you got a chance to see uh, Alabama and Tennessee go down. Looked like a pretty good game there for the first three quarters. Yeah, it, it really was, man. And the final score really is not indicative of how that game was played. Um, I was actually at a an event last night and I was watching it on my phone. So I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to hear, you know, the commentators and all that good stuff. And I was trying to keep up with it, but um, I watched a little bit. I recorded it last night. So I watched a little bit of it this morning. So um, I like the way Tennessee played, man. You know, it, it didn't seem like the last couple of years where we just knew it was just going to be a slaughter. Right. I think the guys um, came in ready. Uh, the coaching staff really prepared them to, to compete against Alabama, but we just ran out of manpower, right? So we all know Alabama is, is you know, they have um, really quality depth, right? And they have really front, really good frontline players, and they proved it you know, throughout the throughout the ball game. So I'm proud of the effort that that Tennessee displayed um, last night. Um, they're going to build off this, and hopefully they'll gain some confidence, right? They can play with anybody um, in this conference, um, but. We still have to get more. We still have to get better players. And once we do that, we'll be fine. Yeah. And I, I think I agree with everything you say. And I really, um, you know, Rico and I have been talking the last few weeks how, you know, the really the only problem that we've seen or the biggest problem we've seen is the depth. You know, mm -hmm. the coaching to me, um, I went to the South Carolina game and was just blown away by the way that they they came out. I mean, the game plan looked solid. The scheme yeah. looked amazing. And heck, it was I think it was thirty eight to nothing. Um, you know, before before South Carolina got on the board, and um, just really good uh, scheming and game planning by Coach Heupel. I think he's a guy that can actually put the right guys on the field yeah. um, and and you know, kind of determine talent. But you know, with the attrition and with the guys leaving. Um, transferring and and obviously um, you know 36 players lost from last yeah. year's team I think that the depth is probably the biggest problem but you know watching the last two weeks I really think we can say uh, that the the team's moving in the positive direction don't you think 
I 100% agree. And, you know, everything is about recruiting now, right? So, you know, we lost, like you said, a close to 40 players through the transfer portal. Um, you know, guys are looking at high school guys and guys that are playing in, on different teams now. They're looking at this program in a different light, I would think, right? If I'm a high school offensive player or defensive player, man, you, you, you have to look at it with some excitement. And you have an opportunity to play, too, because, you know, we only have 70 scholarship players and we're playing some walk-ons on special team so if you're a high school um athlete senior, junior senior I, I would definitely put tennessee on the list if you're if you want to play some really good football in a in a in a school that has ton of tradition um like you said the, the coaching staff are putting the guys in the right positions right to make plays um on both sides of the ball we, we talk a lot about hypo's offense but you know Look at the defense man you, we've given up some you know some plays here and there you know especially against old miss Corrales, you know, he's he, he's doing that against anybody, right? And he put yeah. up a lot of yards against us, but but just overall, the defense is looking a lot better. We just need to get some more guys, man. And once we do that, man, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, and I agree with you. And and, and talking about, you know, all the players that we lost, you know, and how, how the games change. You know, obviously, you, yeah. you played on this team, and you dominated for so long, and, and you know, the, the game was what it was, but now – you know, things are different. And talk to me a little bit about how you think the game has changed and how, you know, the transfer portal can help a team like Tennessee um, get right and maybe fix some of the things uh, with their depth and with some of their positional woes. I think mainly with the transfer portal, you can get better faster because, you know, when I play, you know, obviously you didn't have that. So you just kind of counted on your recruiting and you count, you had to count on guys developing, right? And you know, development is still key. Um, I think I think this staff has done obviously a better job of developing um, the talent that they have and putting guys in the right position. But now you can get you can go out and you know, like say a Spencer Rattler, right? Who's who's probably not going to see the field unless um, the starter gets hurt. Like yeah. he's he's kind of in no man's there right now. So a guy like that, not saying he he would consider Tennessee, but a guy like that that's super talented that wants to lead that program. Um, obviously, Tennessee would love to have a, a player like that, but you can get good really fast with a player like that. He was a Heisman you know, candidate coming into the season, and a guy like that can change anybody's program, right? You put them in the right situation. So, you know, you, you take the transfer portal, combine it with, you know, high school um, athletes, um, you know, you can get good really fast. Look at Kentucky. Like Kentucky has kind of done it the right way. They, they recruited well. Really good coaching, and they've added some some guys, especially in the quarterback position, and it's made them, you know, a top fifteen program right now. Um, and you can get good really fast, man. That's what Tennessee fans are hoping for. We've been saying next year, next year, and you know, we're young, we're young for the last what 10, 15 years. Um, I, I, I think I think Tennessee fans are excited now um, versus the last couple couple three or four years. You, you see, kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, and. Uh, with the guys and the coaching staff that we have now. I agree. I, I think this is the first coaching staff that we've had here in, in Knoxville in a long time that looks like, um, you know, they, they know what they're doing. And yeah. Yeah. I've been very impressed. Um, first off, like I mentioned before, with, with picking the players. I mean, you know, Joe Milton started at the beginning of the year, but, yeah. you know, I think he had to see what he had. And, and he, he put Joe out there. He put Hooker out there. And obviously, Hooker has proven to be a really, really good player. 
And, and, and another, another point, I mean to cut you off, another point, yeah. man, is um, these guys seem like they're having fun. Yeah. And they like playing for the staff, right? They, yeah. they And they enjoy each other. Um, I think that was one of the biggest keys when, you know, when I was playing, man, we, you know, the guys on our team, we, we generally, genuinely loved each other and wanted to play for each other. And we held each other accountable. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was, I, I'm not on the inside of that program. I'm, you know, I'm just like everybody else outside looking in, but just body language, um, excitement, you know, being happy for your teammate. You can, you, you can see that, like that, that come that, that comes off the screen, like, you know, three or four years ago, the quarterback quarterback got hit, got sacked, and offensive line would just wouldn't even help him up. Right? Yeah, just just stared at him on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's you know that type of stuff you you kind of pay attention to, um, but you see you see the way they play, you see the way they get excited when somebody else does does well or somebody you know makes a play. That 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 bodes well for the program because it, it it shows that they care. Yeah, it shows that they care about each other and it shows that they care about the staff. Yeah, there's no doubt. And and one thing that I was talking about a little bit earlier on the show and Rico and I've been talking about all year is, you know, the, the there's been a little bit of, um, you know, maybe three or four teams in the country in college football have kind of been dominating uh, the past few years. You know, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, maybe even throw Oklahoma in there. And uh, one thing that I've, I've been saying, and I, I want you to shoot a hole in this if you think, but I, I feel like this past year kind of leveled the playing field a little bit and created some more parity because, you know, the free COVID year. A lot of teams were able to bring back guys uh, for an additional free year and improve their football team, you know, in certain positions if they need, needed to, whereas, you know, Alabama lost all those guys to the NFL. Ohio State lost all those guys. Clemson still lost all those guys, 10, 12 guys to the NFL. And some of these other teams were able to catch up. You see any uh, truth in that statement at all? Yeah, some validity to that. I mean, look at a team that we played, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, that that's a that's a team with a lot of talent, but that also has a lot of experience starting with the quarterback pickings. Yeah. Um, to me, man, he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. I, I don't know how he's going to project as far as on the next level. But he's yeah. so solid. He makes all the plays, all the throws, and he's so steady for that program. He's a he's a reason why, along with you know some of our own mistakes against them, he's a reason why we lost. Right? I mean, he's yeah. the main reason. He made all the plays that they needed to make to beat Tennessee. And again, we helped them. Right? We we missed some throws. And we, I, in my opinion, we should have been up you know 14, 21 points at, in the first quarter. Missed some throws, but he brought that team back. He was steady. Um, there's there's definitely some validity to what you're saying, man. It's it's a lot of experience in, in college football. Look at Kentucky too. Same yeah. same thing, man. Um, and hopefully Tennessee can benefit from some of that as well. Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, the the quarterback at Pittsburgh, he's a guy who's been in those situations and you know had the uh, you know spotlight thrust on him, you know, to win games. And uh, you know, we saw that in the Tennessee game. We saw it yesterday. Yeah, they were oh, against Clemson. Yeah. And he, he went out there. They had the ball. There was about four minutes left, and he ran the clock out yeah. uh, because he knew how to take care of the football and how to get the ball to guys, you know, his his guys that he trusts. And, and that was really impressive. And, you know, another thing I wanted to touch with you a little bit out on is, you know, obviously 2019 uh, LSU, we all saw uh, Joe Burrow transferred down. Everything went right. 
They had a, one of the greatest seasons in college football history. 20 months later, they fired their coach. Um, you know, is patience gone from college football? Because it seems to me, you know, that's the one thing I worry about. You know, we see this coach Heupel. He's shown that he looks like he really can coach. Um, but, you know, will they give him enough time? And, uh, you know, I, that's one thing that I really see as a potential problem throughout all of college football is there there is no more patience. You you agree with that? Well, to, to, to a point, I think with Tennessee's situation, I think he signed a, what, a five or six-year deal. So that, that shows me they're going to give him some time. You have an AD that obviously that hired him, that believes yeah. in him. So it's going to – that's going to give him more of a more of a, sh- a chance with LSU. I mean, that's just a different beast. You know, they're they're a, a top what three program. You know, if you just kind of look at the talent in the state, um, the championships yeah. they've won recently. Um, I, I think with with Coach O, I think it was more having to do things that were happening off the field. There's a yeah. lot of I think there's a lot of stuff behind that, right? And I, I think all that stuff is going to eventually come out. There's stuff that's out there now. Yeah, um, I, and I, I just think the program is at a place where they just can't. They're they're feel fearful if they keep him at the helm, it'll just continue to go down and go down a, a path where they won't be able to recover as fast. So they want to cut ties now. Say thank you for what you've done. Obviously, they're going to pay him his money and kind yeah. of start fresh, man. And I mean, there is some you know, it, SEC man, it's tough. I mean, college football is tough to be a head coach. You get paid you know, really well, but there's yeah. a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. Is there on. another, is there another profession in the world that you get paid to fail? Because, <laughs> you know, I, I keep trying to find someone that'll pay me, yeah, sign me up. $1 million dollars to not work. And it, it just blows me away that these guys, you know, if everything goes right, you know, they get extensions, they get paid, but if they do a bad job and things fall apart, well, then they get paid $17 million to go away. How, you know, how does it's that come off? It's a great profession, profession. I, but I do, you know, with, you know, I know we're, we're kind of joking, but I do have some friends that are in, you know, not not necessarily head coaches, but are assistant coaches um, in, you know, in college football. And it's a grind, man. It's, yeah. it's a 365, like every single day you're, it's, I, I equate it to like dating, you know, 15 people at the same time because you have to call <laughs> and text every single day, you know, uh, you know, uh, with these recruits in high school, like you have to call and text and, and make sure they're, you know, they're, they're getting attention. This is every single day of the year, right. Oh, yeah. Um, outside the dead period, whatever dead periods that they have, but it's a, it's a grind. They get paid well, man, but it, it's, it's one of those deals, man. I, I, I couldn't do it because, yeah. you know, it, it, it takes a, person that just absolutely absolutely love coaching you have to love coaching to be in this in this especially in college that's why you see guys go from college to nfl because you know you get the same coaching on a higher level um you don't have to deal with the recruiting aspect of it and you have more time with your family yeah there there's no doubt and it it, you know it is a grind for sure and and these guys are paid uh accordingly and and let's be honest you know college football brings in a lot of money so (laughs) you know i mean these guys should get paid, but I, I, I wanted to piggyback off of that because now, you know, they have this, you know, NIL and where, you know, some of these players are been being able to 
uh, benefit off of that. And I wanted to get your feelings on that. And I, me and Rico have talked about it on the show a lot, and both of us are, are all for it. I think these kids should be able to uh, start benefiting from it. But it also changes a lot of things. And I um, wanted to get your thoughts on the new NIL rules and, and some of these kids starting to be able to get to uh, make a little money. Man, I, I love it, man. You know, it's it's something that's that's overdue. Um, I, I think the only thing that I'm fearful of is hopefully these these programs, these universities have protocols in place where they teach kids financial literacy. Um, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, having ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars in my bank account as college in college. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be that long. That's for sure. If right. I, I, I got into a lot of trouble with with zero um, zero money <laughs> in my bank account. I could imagine, you know, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars in you know in, in college, and and you know you have adults that can't manage that that type of money. Uh, yeah. Just think about a you know eighteen year old kid having that type of access to funds. So again, I'm I'm all for it. I love it. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that you know these these institutions have you know people that's guiding these young men and young, these young women on how to manage their money, taxes, yeah, um, just all everything that comes with having you know that type of money in in their bank account, man. But I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm, I hope you know these guys get as much money as they can because. Um, it's, it's, I think it's, it's overdue. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's been the same people making millions of dollars for 50 years off all this college football stuff. So why not give some back to, yeah. you know, what the people are really going to see every Saturday, they're going to see, um, the players on the field. I mean, sure. I know the coaches are a big part of it and they get paid handsomely, but let's be honest, the folks are showing up to see, uh, the athletic talent that the, the players possess. So yeah. um want to talk a little, let you talk a little bit too about what you got going on, man. Um, obviously you got your new show. Uh, tell us a little bit about three, the pro way. So, yeah, man, it's uh called, it's a podcast called three, the pro way. Um, it's me, my, myself, um, Kevin Dyson and Ty Campbell. We're, you know, we've been friends for over 25 years, man. We just kind of talk about um, transitions from career. Like we, we typically have athletes and entertainers and, people from all across the business ask, you know, the aspect of it. And we just get them on and, and let them tell their story about, you know, their transition from like professional sports to what they're doing now and all this, all the things that led them up to that, to, to being successful in, in both of those, those areas, man, we've been having a good time with it. Um, we, we typically release these, these podcasts every Monday at eight o'clock in um, eight o'clock AM. Um, so we're excited about keeping this thing going, um, you know, with our, with our future guests. Nice. And tell us too about that, uh, legendary play too. I thought I've seen those prints, man. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, thank no, you, man. I, 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 I feel like I'm, I'm doing a promo now. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, you gotta, you gotta tell people about it. I yeah, know, yeah. I, I appreciate it, man. It's, um, it's, called, <laughs> it's called that legendary play. It's, uh, a business that my, my business partner and I started, uh, last year during COVID and, um, people always ask me about play number one and I yeah. would always kind of talk people through it, like doing the X's and O's version of how the play kind of broke down. And, um, that's where the idea came from. And we were like, okay, let's put, just put this on a, on a print and just see where we can go from. It. And then obviously Tennessee has other legendary plays. And so we did that same way. Then we started thinking like, well, other programs have obviously legendary plays too. So, yeah. um, it's 18 by 24 print. Uh, we have 
18 schools that we've um, done prints for. We're officially licensed through Tennessee, um, Florida, Florida State, Ole Miss, a couple other universities. We're trying to expand that. But we've been having fun with it, man. It's, it's fun to kind of do these plays and, you know, put them on your wall and kind of talk about it and from a nostalgia standpoint, man. So we're we're excited about where this is going to go. Nice. Well, I love it, man. I love all you're doing. I appreciate you coming on today and giving us a few minutes and, and giving us some insights. You were an unbelievable player. I loved watching you Thank play you. and even a better guy, man. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, today. I, I got a question for you. What What's up for UCLA? I like the number. I like the number. What's up for UCLA? Yeah, that's why I rocked it. No, I, I, <laughs> I wear game-worn jerseys. I'm a big uh, game-worn jersey nice. guy. So every nice. day on the show, I rock out a brand-new uh, game-worn jersey. Um just a different team, different player. Um, and uh, I'm running out of them right now. <laughs> We've had a bunch of shows this year. So I'm running out. Of, I've got hundreds of, co- of uh, NFL ones, but I've oh, got yeah. to increase uh, my college uh, a yeah. little bit. So Here's why I, I, UCLA was one of like the, one of my favorite. We played them twice when I was at Tennessee. That was one of my favorite teams to play because it was just, you know, it was just playing against a pack team, pack 12 team. Yeah. Back then, UCLA was, you know, they were a pretty strong program, man. That was. Oh, yeah. It was actually my first game starting out at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that game. And I uh, I try and collect only like the, uh, you know, big time, um, you know, beautiful jerseys like USC, Tennessee, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alabama, UCLA, you know, the old school, you know, colors and, and uh, programs that have kind of kept the same uniforms throughout. Those jerseys so, never go out of style. UCLA, USC. Alabama, Penn State, those jerseys are iconic, man. They they never go out of style. Heck yeah, man. I've got the uh, you know, I do this and I've got my my regular job, and then I've got Schmidt souvenirs where I uh I buy, sell, trade uh game worn jerseys oh, that's all awesome, the time. Man. That's that my passion, awesome. man. I love uh I love game worn jerseys and I'm one of the crazy fools that wears them, uh as well as what's what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Well, I'm I'm originally from Ohio, from Ohio, so I'm a big uh, you know I moved down here when I was a kid, okay, and then I moved back to Ohio, so I'm a big you know Tennessee and Ohio State fan, and I've got a jersey from the uh, 2014 uh, national championship season, Curtis nice. Grant. So that's hey, I got it. We have a um, Ohio State. We actually have two Ohio State prints, man. Just um, send me your address, and I'll, I'll send you. I'll send them to you. I will do it, man. I will do it. I appreciate you coming on, Joey. Thank you for your time, man. Anytime. All right, buddy. I'll, I'll stay in touch with you and I'll uh, I'll shoot you a, a message after we get done. Sounds good, man. Y'all take All right, care. Buddy. Have a great one. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. See All ya. Right, See. That was the all-time leading receiver in Tennessee football history, leader in receptions, leader in yards, leader in touchdowns, and as you notice right there, uh, an amazing guy. Uh, he's a businessman. Um, he's also a podcast host and has his own show three, the pro way and, um, you know, played for the Tennessee Titans in the NFL for a while and did some broadcast work for them and pretty much does, does it all. He's got a family and takes care of his kids and man, he's a, he's a great guy. And I loved, uh, I loved talking to him today and, and loved having him on the show. I hope he'll come back on sometime because it was really cool, uh, to catch up with him. And I wanted to have him on, um, the week of of, Ohio, uh, of Tennessee and Alabama because that was, um, you know, he was one of the biggest players in that rivalry's history, 
at one point when uh, Peyton Manning, you know, the play that he was talking about, his company, the legendary play, they have a print of uh, Joey, uh, the, the play where Peyton Manning threw a touchdown to Joey Kent and uh, was for the victory over Alabama. So that's kind of how his company got started and what he was talking about there, just to throw a little background into it. Uh, but one of the most legendary plays of, of Tennessee history. So um, really cool to get to talk to Joey today. And um, I hope I hope he'll come back on the show again sometime because he brings uh, brings a lot to the table with his uh, uh, playing career and, and with his, um, uh, you know, knowledge of, of college football. It was kind of cool to hear uh, his perspective. But uh, another great weekend of, of college football. We've got some really big time games on the docket next week. We're going to see. Uh, what that team up north has got is as they're going to play uh, in East Lansing next weekend as Michigan's going to play Michigan State. Uh, it's going to be a pretty big game. Uh, Ohio State is going to be hosting Penn State in the Scarlet Out game in, in the shoe. So we've got a, uh, a couple of big-time games going on in, um, in college football in the Big Ten. Uh, we've also got a lot of big-time games going on still in the SEC and the Big 12 and all those conferences. Um, everything, everybody's still pretty much alive at this point. I mean, you know, nobody's season is over. Um, you know, I, I'd say probably that Michigan-Michigan State game is, is the biggest game it's going to be on at noon. I think everybody should tune into that one. Um, but Georgia-Florida is also next week. Uh, down in Jacksonville, that should be another pretty good game. Um you know, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what all happens. Ole Miss plays Auburn. I think that's another game that could be pretty interesting. Obviously, like I mentioned, Penn State, Ohio State. So a lot of big games going on. Uh, a lot more college football action. We'll be here uh, breaking it all down on man coverage. Me, Knoxville Nate, and my co-host Rico McCoy, who is missing today, uh, but he will be back with us uh, next week, hopefully. Uh, to help us out and, and break everything down like he always does. So we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to that. The, uh, the one thing that I uh, wanted to touch on real quick before we go, we're about to, uh, to run out of time, but I did want to uh, touch really quickly on, uh, you know, one more game from yesterday. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, there was a Wednesday night game. Appalachian State took down Coastal. Um, and then SMU uh, came in and, and beat Tulane 55 to 26. So SMU has looked pretty good. They are also undefeated. 7 and 0. They've got their quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, who uh, had a tremendous game 30 for 42, 427 yards, three touchdowns in the victory over Tulane. So SMU. Another team, like we mentioned, uh, with Wake Forest that is undefeated and still rolling. Um, maybe a team that can, you know, make, th make things happen and continue to, uh, to make waves as we uh, push forward in this college football season. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in today uh, to Man Coverage. I appreciate you all uh, joining us on the show. I want to thank our guest, number 11, Joey Kent, one of the greatest players in college football history. Uh, loved getting a chance to talk to him and having him on our show. Uh, thought he brought a lot to the table and, and really enjoyed it. So uh, hope everybody comes back next week, 11 a.m. Sunday, 
it'll be 10. What is that? No, it'll be November. It'll be November 1st. So, right? 30 days in October? No, 31 days. So, yeah, it'll be October 31st. <laughs> I'm not real good at, at the calendar. But, yeah, October 31st, next Sunday, 11 a.m., man coverage. Join us here, all our same channels, YouTube channel, Twitter, at man underscore coverage, and also on Facebook Live. Thanks to everybody, and have a great rest of your weekend.